Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm here with Mayor-elect London Breed, who will take office July 11th and focus immediately on tent encampments, mental illness, and potentially becoming the first mayor in the United States to open a safe injection site. She's only guaranteed to serve until January 2020, so the next 18 months at City Hall should be very interesting. Thanks for joining us here at the Chronicle today. Thanks for having me. Last time you were on my podcast, you were a candidate running for mayor, and now you're the mayor-elect. Congratulations. Thank you. Has it sunk in yet? I don't know if it really sunk in. It doesn't feel like it until I go outside and people stop me on the streets and they're congratulating me when I'm in the grocery store. Are you getting recognized more and more? Yes, for sure. Everywhere I go, um, definitely getting recognized more. And what's been the biggest surprise, would you say, so far in the past couple weeks? I think that the biggest surprise has definitely been the excitement and the happiness that exists throughout the city. Mm -hmm. Um, Just everybody, all walks of life, all different communities, people are happy and excited and I'm seeing more smiles. Yeah. And that feels good. It feels amazing. And I think I I just didn't even think about that. I just ran a race and talked about the issues. And we have experienced, I think, uh, a very challenging time here in the city with the loss of our mayor and with the things that had happened at the board and a really challenging campaign with a lot of negativity. And then the count happened and people were refreshing their computers screens. And then when it finally happened, you know, just this whole new positive energy has, I think, really taken over San Francisco, despite our challenges and the things that we know we need to get done to help address some of these issues. People are happy, they're excited. And so that is really giving me life here. It is making me even more excited about the opportunity to do this job. It's pretty incredible as a woman um, to know that you're only the second woman mayor we've ever had. Quite telling. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, anyway, the Chronicle is running its third annual San Francisco Homeless Project coming up. And we're updating readers on where things stand in the city's seemingly never-ending battle to tackle homelessness. And I was wondering if you can describe how you think the city is doing on that front and what changes, if any, you want to make when you become mayor. I think what, um, what what's challenging about what we're experiencing in San Francisco with homelessness is that we're doing a lot to help a lot of people. But for all of those folks that we are able to help, there are still people that are just challenging the help and then people who are newly becoming homeless. And so I think part of you know, what we're doing right is we're pushing for um, relationships with people who own some of the buildings in the city uh, who are working with the city, like the Auburn Hotel, um, where we worked to open 70 new units of housing for formerly homeless veterans, where we worked to build the Richardson Apartments, where we opened 120 units for people who are developmentally disabled and need wraparound services and support. We have success stories here in San Francisco where we have provided opportunities for people, our Homeward Bound program, sending over 10,000 people um, home to other cities and throughout the United States to connect with their families Mm -hmm. that have not gone back through our system. So there are things that we are doing right, but I do think that prevention is a really important part of trying to make sure people don't end up homeless in the first place. Um, So this is why as mayor 
there. And even as a member currently of the Board of Supervisors, I'm working to ensure that there is funding for right to civil counsel, Prop F that just passed. I'm working to make sure that we provide housing subsidies to try and keep people in their homes in the first place, Mm -hmm. which will help with this this challenge. Um, but there's more work to be done because, you know, there are other challenges with our homeless population, um, specifically people who suffer with mental illness, with addiction, and the need to reform some of our laws in order to address the issue. Um, we are going to have challenges with trying to change um, our conservatorship laws. Um, however, I'm hopeful because Senator Scott Weiner's bill, SB 1045, made it through the Senate, 310. And that's pretty amazing. And if it gets to a point where it is state law and the governor signs it, we in San Francisco have an opportunity to opt into that program. And, you know, hopefully that's exactly what we will do. And we're talking about the possibility of helping anywhere between 100 and 200 people that we already have identified, Mm -hmm. but we really can't do anything for people we've gotten into the navigation centers and to other programs that we can't keep in those programs for various reasons and so I'm hopeful that we will be able to at least do more in that regard as well as you know the challenges to laws around safe injection sites because of you know what we're experiencing clearly and have been for far too long around the needles that are on our streets and people who sadly are shooting up in public um, people who suffer from addiction um, having safe injection sites uh, could really help with that particular challenge but more importantly provide a real option for people to get treatment on demand. And that's what I see as, you know, two solutions that could contribute to helping move our city in a better direction as it relates to our homeless challenges. On the conservatorship front, um, when you proposed to the Board of Supervisors that they just signed the resolution saying they supported Senator Weiner's idea, they were reluctant to even do that. How are you going to convince an even more progressive Board of Supervisors that they do need to be stronger on conservatorships for the mentally ill? Well, I think that there's a new member of the Board of Supervisors coming on board um, that's interested in in looking at this legislation and supporting it. Mm -hmm. And I think there has to be, of course, a, a, a deeper conversation around how this will actually help those individuals that we know need this kind of support. So part of it is getting my departments to meet with members of the Board of Supervisors, helping them to specifically understand the impacts and how this could potentially make a difference um, with some of those challenges. So working with the board is going to be important um, to getting the legislation passed that allows us to opt in. And also I've been in conversation with Senator Weiner because I want to make sure that we potentially have the case to take um, to voters if necessary, mm-hmm. if we can't get the you results. You would the ballot if you can't get it through. Yeah, okay. if, if that's an option. And so I think that's one of the things I, I briefly talked to him about, the possibility, because I think what's clear is that people want to see change. And part of the need to move things forward involves doing things that some are somewhat controversial, mm-hmm. but are hopefully going to get us to a better result. It's not because we don't want to see it. It's because we're watching these people die on the streets without the proper medical support and treatment. And that is not humane. That is not what we should be doing in San Francisco. So I think trying something different that's going to help people is, is most important. 
Do you intend to be the first mayor in the United States to open a safe injection site? A lot of cities have said they want to, but they're all leery about doing so under a President Trump administration because of legal concerns. Are you going to be the first one to actually take the step and open one? You know, I, I, I want to be. Um, I'm, you know, hopeful. It's not because I'm excited about being the first. I, I just want a solution. Mm-hmm. And I think this provides an opportunity to... Uh, solve what is a serious crisis, um, not just here in San Francisco, but throughout the country. It's why Mayor de Blasio from New York reached out to me and wanted to understand what we're doing. And in fact, put out a press release where I did make comments talking about how he wants to propose something um, of that nature in New York because of their opioid crises. His office had heard about the work that I had been doing here in San Francisco. They wanted to have a better understanding of what that is and how it could help with what they're dealing with. And so I think there are a number of challenges. Um, you know, we have to be make sure that um, we're protecting the employees of our nonprofit agencies, our public health folks. We have to make sure that we don't put them in a compromising position either, um, along with Medi-Cal and a number of other reimbursement methods and funding and so on and so forth. Um, but I do think um, that it's something that could make a, a real difference. And do you have a timeline um, when you'd like to see the first one or two open? Like yesterday. <laughs> um, and we have uh, possible funding sources for an opening. And I, I think that I just have to make sure as mayor that we work with a city attorney, we work with the nonprofits, we work with their attorneys um, to get to a better place in order to um, open one of the first sites here in the city. Um, but um, more importantly, um, I just really... I want to solve the problem. And I think that this is one of the things that is going to help us get to a better place. And the good news is that San Franciscans in the past were less supportive of this idea. Um, There was polling done, less than 30% of San Franciscans supported it. And the chamber did a poll and it came out this year that showed that 67% of San Franciscans actually support the idea. And even on the campaign trail, when I had conversations uh, with people, they said, well, at first I was adamantly opposed and now I see exactly how this could potentially help. So why not try it? What's the funding source you mentioned? So the funding source is possibly um, through um, CPMC and a grant um, through the San Francisco Foundation that could provide a, a, a source that could help support it. But again, part of the challenge that we have um, is protecting, you know, protecting CPMC, mm-hmm. protecting um, our institutions and nonprofits that will help us facilitate um, uh, this particular use. And that is definitely going to be a, a challenge. Are you willing to put, as uh, Mayor Farrell called it, a target, b- even bigger target on the back of San Francisco when it comes to Donald Trump, who already isn't too fond of what we're doing in this city? Well, um, I don't know if the target could get any bigger <laughs> than the whole city. Um, but, you know, I think part of it is we, we, have certain um, things that we believe in and, you know, our values are what makes us a strong city and what makes us, um, you know, I think a great city and part of uh, protecting our values means we protect all of our citizens. And sadly, we have people who have challenges with addiction 
and they are a part of our city and we need to do something that's going to help address that issue. So I think it's not about uh, the desire to put a target on our backs. It's just a desire to take care of all of our residents, to make San Francisco a better place for everyone, even though struggling, and to just work towards that goal and push forth uh, good policies to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of San Franciscans think that the city has become too tolerant of bad behavior on our streets and sidewalks when it comes to tent camps, bicycle chop shops, um, vandalism, feces. Do you think that the SFPD needs to get tougher on these quality of life issues? And what will your directive be to the police chief? I think it's not just about making sure that our officers are on the streets and addressing these issues. It also has to be about providing opportunities. And so part of what I want to do as mayor is to make sure that we're out there on the streets. We are talking to people. We understand what their issue is, but we're providing them with an alternative. So for example, you know, sadly people who are selling drugs on the streets in our communities. I grew up with a lot of people who sold drugs as a way to survive. I grew up in public housing and many of them cycled in and out of our criminal justice system. So what I want to do as mayor is to say, basically, look, Here's a job opportunity. We will work with you. We will help you get on the right path um, because we have a, you know, 2.1% unemployment rate right mm -hmm. now. And there are plenty of opportunities. So connecting people to opportunities so that they choose the opportunity over basically risking their freedom out on the street selling drugs. I want to make sure that I make it clear Here's the opportunity. We want to provide you with the opportunity. We want to get you on the right path. We want you to be patient with us and we'll be patient with you. But we're not going to continue to allow this. And the police will need to crack down on many of those issues. But it's important from my perspective to make sure that there is a balance. I don't want to just start filling up our uh, jails with people. I want them to have an opportunity to not go to jail in the first place. Mm -hmm but more of a firm stand from police officers. Um, so often people report calling the police to um, complain about some terrible thing happening on their sidewalk and the police say, there's nothing I can do about it. Is that an okay answer? Well, I think it depends on the issue. If it's, you know, like for example, I mean, you can't necessarily um, put a tent or uh, sleep and lay on the sidewalk. Like you can't obstruct the ability for the public to get through. Mm -hmm. So I think it just depends um, on what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, in the Haight-Ashbury community, um, the police have been, um, you know, consistently addressing a number of the challenges there um, because we have had a lot of challenges. And part of the solution, too, are our nonprofit organizations that actively work with many of the folks who are sadly struggling on our streets and, you know, holding the nonprofits accountable to hold their clients accountable to just, you know, be more respectful to the community and the streets and also making sure that they are delivering, that they're helping to achieve the goals that they're there to achieve by supporting this population. So everyone has to be held accountable to a certain extent, but more importantly, you know, the police have a responsibility to, you know, protect the public, to deal with public safety concerns. Um, and that is something as mayor, I would expect them to do. Mm -hmm. Have you made any decisions on department heads moving forward? Anybody who should be concerned about their job? Um, so I made it clear that I would not campaign um, for this job, 
you know, threatening to take away someone else's job. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's important. A lot of your competitors did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are some challenges with the city and I want to make sure um, that I go in there. I'm meeting with people. I understand um, exactly what they're doing and they understand exactly what I expect. Um, and then we try to work towards that goal, but ultimately I want to hit the ground running. I have a transition team. I'm working to move uh, the city in the right direction, getting uh, people hired for different positions that I need them hired for with a number of vacancies. Um, But I don't have like a target on (laughs) anyone's back per se. I just know that I will make it clear what I expect. And hopefully that particular department head Um, can deliver. And if they can't, I need to know that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I have my own experiences with a number of department heads. And, you know, it it just, I'm not certain um, exactly what will occur. um, But a conversation has to be had before anything happens. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's coming in as a new mayor is going to want to create their own team. Um, Do you uh, know who your chief of staff will be yet? Um, (laughs) <laughs> smiling <laughs> you will know soon enough okay. <laughs> um and what can you tell me about your inauguration is july 11th yes the date? yes and where will it be it will be at city hall and it will probably it, we're looking at outside of city mm-hmm. hall um on the steps or on the well on the steps yes because i just i don't want anyone from the community to be turned away mm-hmm. so i really um who will speak who will be a part of the ceremony we're working on that yeah. and uh another smile <laughs> uh, yes because the other thing is i don't want to say anything unless they agree <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna say no who will swear you in uh, working on that. Okay. And um, any staff appointments that you're sure of yet or all t- to be determined? It will be determined. And I think, um, you know, we will be able to maybe provide some information, um, if not by the end of this week, early next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are just finalizing some of those details. And, you know, there's a there's a lot to do before you start. Releasing. Any decisions on your replacement on the board? So I will tell you, I have um, I have people that I'm going to be meeting with that have expressed interest that have reached out to me um, and have expressed interest in the seat. And so I will be sitting down with a number of candidates to um, ask a lot of questions. I think we have a lot of great candidates for the seat. Um, but I um, plan to, uh, by the end of this week, I start meeting with a number of those candidates. So um, a decision definitely has not been made, mm, but okay. it will be made um, at the right time. And last time you were on the podcast, you talked about your housing situation and your roommate had moved out and you were wondering if you should find another roommate. Um, but your um, salary is about to go up by <laughs> a lot. Yay, I'm so happy. I don't know what to do. $335,000 a year. So you That th- includes benefits okay. and then they take taxes and there's just a lot of money that comes out of <laughs> that know, money. It still sounds good to me. But it's still a good salary, yes. So what are you going to do housing-wise? Um, I don't know yet because my, my, I've been focused on just my transition team and inauguration and, and doing my job as board president and still responding to my constituents who still have issues with construction happening when it shouldn't and filling yeah. somebody's pothole. So I'm focused on all of that. Um, but as far as what I plan to do, I, I haven't even thought of it just yet. Um, So I I really like where I live. I like Mm -hmm. the neighborhood. I love my neighbors. Um, They always look out for me. And it just feels like home and it feels like a community. Um, So I just want to make sure, um, 
you know, that I get settled in the position before I make any decisions about uh, what I might do. We ran a story recently that a San Francisco household has to make just over $300,000 a year to afford a median-priced home in the city. So you would qualify. Are Yay, you going to be trying to buy a finally. house? <laughs> I would, I, it is my dream to own a home in San Francisco. And so I would love to, and it's just definitely something that will happen in my future. So I'm excited about that. What neighborhood would be your ideal? Um, the community I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I love it over there. I love it in, in, in the Western edition. And I just, I would love to stay in, in my neighborhood. I also asked you last time, but want to see if the answer is the same. Um, what will be your very first act after you're sworn, is, sworn in as mayor? Um, to really focus on um, the tent encampments, uh, to really focus on um, addressing, you know, uh, people to go out there, to bring it, my team out there, to understand what people's issues are, and to get people off of the streets one person at a time. Uh, so I really want to focus on that because that is of serious concern. For me, it's um, a public health issue, and it's something we need to address so that it doesn't uh, continue and it creates more problems in the future. Great. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. It was good to see you. Thank you. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is San Francisco by Gosprom, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by Dominic Fercasa and Fernando Diaz. For more City Hall coverage, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dominic Fercasa and me at HNightSF. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.